Welcome to the Property Experts Podcast, where you'll find open conversations, no bullshit attitudes, and deep dive insights from award-winning property developers and business owners, Ben Richards and Jack Jiggins. Together, they've delivered over 40 million in gross development value over the last five years and have a pipeline of over 25 million to deliver in the next 18 months. They've built numerous other seven-figure businesses with six-figure net profits around their property ecosystem, and it's by no means been an easy ride. So on this podcast, they'll share their weekly trials and tribulations running multiple businesses, giving you never-before-seen insights into the inner workings of finding, funding, designing, delivering, and selling award-winning property deals, together with golden nuggets of advice through the five key areas of any business, marketing, sales, operations, finance, and talent. If you're a young entrepreneur looking to get started or have a small team, but you're looking to scale your business to the next level, this is the No Bullshit Podcast for you. Hello, everyone. Thank you again for tuning in to our live at five, where XP, myself, Ben Richards, and myself, Jack Jiggins, we tune in weekly to give you the highs and lows of property, property development, running service-based businesses. Uh, Ben and I collectively run five companies. And the whole purpose of this live at five is to give you guys insights into what we've been up to in the week, highs and lows, and to hopefully do some Q&A so we can give some value back. So we're going to go through the agenda for today. If you could ask questions as we go through, that would be amazing. So to start off with the agenda, Ealing Property Meet, uh, I had the pleasure of presenting there yesterday evening. Rates, they are going up. Everyone should be probably hearing about this in the news, but we will be sharing live examples of the projects that we're facing, changes in, what we're doing, uh, and what it actually means for us. Um, Within our companies, we do half yearly reviews with all of our staff. We're going to share the format of how we do that. So hopefully you can get the best out of your team, which coincidentally gets the best out of your business. Um, I was fortunate enough to have a lovely sunny day with investors at the races, Ascot races. I'll be sharing my tips on horse racing, Um, beating inflation. Um, Ben uh, and the team did a charity run. We'll be sharing on that. We visited two uh, land, strategic land developments in Sussex, what you need to do to get into land deals, and we'll be sharing more on that. Getting financial clarity on your business, what we do in our businesses to get management accounts, end-of-year accounts, bookkeeping, all up to scratch. Ben joined the Developers Club 2.0, why he joined it, what it's about, and I am fortunate to be part of the board in 1.0, recruiting good architects or generally recruiting good people. Um, airspace development, which we've uh, is a deal that we've been working on for, for some time now, and it was recently submitted, so we were sharing more details on that. Anything to add, Ben? No, all good. No, looking forward to this one. Oh, I'm quite jealous of uh, you. In the, looks like you're in a pub garden. So kicking off with Ealing Property Meets, you can sort of see it was a massive room here. This was when Manny Chopper was doing her 30-second shout-out. Um, it's actually the first time and definitely not the last time that I'm, I'm going to Ealing Property Meet. Ben actually did a talk there a few months ago. And I was talking about how I went from a trading eBay prolific uh, entrepreneurial kid to now doing property development deals and property deals using the exact same techniques. Um, so if anyone's out there and they want to hear about uh, trading and arbitraging values, so taking something from a marketplace, selling it in different areas and maybe doing that. 
we talked all through. There were some really good questions as well. So it's a thoroughly enjoyable evening. Um, it was very, very detailed. I think my presentation was about two and a half hours long with all the Q&A integrated. So it was a really, really good event. Um, ben, do you want to share your experience of Ealing? Yeah, two and a half hours. That's great. Um, yeah, mine, mine was amazing. Um, we did a, a deep dive into one of our mixed use schemes. This was back in March, to be honest. It was a long time ago, but really, really good crowd. If you're looking for property networking events in London, Ealing Property Me is is one of the best. Um, it's a really, really experienced crowd doing some awesome stuff. It's headed up by Richard Woodstock. And yeah, the caliber of people in the room is fantastic. So get yourself along. Lovely job. Good, good. Exit bridges, Ben, I'll let you start on this one. Yeah, cool. So I think we spoke about it last week. We are currently finishing this scheme um, of six units near High Wycombe in a place called Princess Risborough. And we're moving on to an exit bridge. Um, there's a whole episode and, and chat about that in some of our previous weeks. So go and check that out. Um, but I had a, a phone call this afternoon from our broker um, essentially saying, as of yesterday, Lend Invest, who I'm sure some of you um, have development finance facilities with, they have did an emergency meeting yesterday due to the Bank of England uh, base rate increases. They are upping all of the rates on their products. So we thought we had locked in a pretty solid 0.74 a month for our exit bridge. Um, but our broker um, broke the bad news to us today saying that if we can't complete by the end of next week, that will be increasing to 0.94% a month. So not ideal if you are sitting on uh, all of your finished product and you don't have any out of the door we're very lucky that we've got three of the six already in legals so actually this shouldn't affect us a huge amount yes it adds a couple of grand onto our our finance costs um but we will be seeing these types of rate hikes very very um occurring very regularly now with the way that the um the bank of england base rate has gone up amongst other inflationary measures so yeah, keep an eye out. Looks like things are going up sort of one and a half percent for a lot of development and finance lenders. Um, anything less than that, it sounds as though they will be losing money. So try and lock in as much as you can ASAP. Yeah, we, we've just finished our, one of our boardroom sessions at XP and the sentiment is even if you don't go up, end up going with that lending or that type of product, get it locked in now because we don't think it's going to get any better for the, for the next six, maybe 12 months. Um, and anyone that's refinancing anything in that meantime might be able to lock in a better rate. Um, I've actually, on the next slide, done a case study on a HMO uh, which we bought and refinanced last year in 2022. It's a six-bedroom, five-bathroom HMO. So we're now talking about HMO buy-to-let sort of end products. So what you'd fix in for two to five years or go into a variable rate. And the reason I'm sharing this is hopefully you can see the numbers there. So in 2022, we locked in a five-year fixed at 3.2%. So the gross income on this property uh, was £60,000 per year. You can see on the left-hand middle table, the the green box right in the middle, that with the 3.2% interest rate, that's going to cost us £19,900 per year, which means our our net income per month is £2,392 and our our net income per year is £28,000. The comparable on the right is if we refinance this, this HMO now. Um, so that's at 6.3% for a very similar product. Um, if I'm really honest, you, you, you might even struggle to get rates that low if you're, you're a new, new HMO landlord um, or equally um, you're going into a market in the next few months. 
But you can see there that it's chipped the right uh, the monthly P and L down to eight hundred and fifty pounds because of that rise. So it really is time to start thinking about: Does your strategy work? Is it robust? On our new acquisitions, we have a stress test model which stresses increase in interest rates and what that looks like on a profit margin. Um, so if anyone wants any help putting a stress test feature into their their Excel or or see what we do, please do reach out because. It is time to start rethinking some of these HMOs. We're now going to be doing more flips in, this is in central suites. We still will be doing HMOs, but they've got to be extremely strong uh, and sort of combat that potential rise further as well as work today. Jack, I guess the, the other thing is that you're either leaving in more money or you need more equity to start with, right? Or you're doing smaller deals with the you know, same amount that, that you would have had going into it. Yeah, well, with HMOs, it's it's the the, the development finance does hasn't changed a huge mark. Where it's changed is when you refi at the end, when you get your new GDV and your new 70, 75% LTV mortgage and the rent roll income. So it's just, they still don't change that much from the buy, refurb and refi. It's just the cost of the mortgage on refi, which is why, why flips are probably a little bit more attractive specifically for us at the moment. The equity point shouldn't be too dissimilar. Obviously, if you have more equity, you can gear it lower at the back end. But the fundamentals are that the mortgage at the back end, even if you're 60% loan to value, is costly, really costly. It's double the cost of what it was it was before. The development and purchase or bridging finance is is not too it's not double the cost. It's not 20%. Um, we used to pay in and out with a, with a HMO acquisition funder about eight to twelve percent. It's not 20%, but the refi is where it really hits our models. Cool. Good stuff. Okay, so yeah, this uh, we decided last year to do half yearly reviews for everyone, no matter when they kind of joined the business, um, because it was getting a bit too difficult to manage You know, it, about around 20 people sporadically throughout the year to give them reviews on certain, touch, uh, certain points within their sort of contract. So yeah, this month, June, is very much a review month. We've got, well, in excess of 15 reviews to get through between Aura, CSL, XP Property, XP Surveys. And it, you know, it can be quite a stressful time to, to, factor that all, to factor that all in. For Jack and I, certainly a whole day out of the business doing reviews back to back is, um, yeah, it's a lot of time. The way we like to operate these is looking at kind of the output of people. You know, what are they targeted on? How are they um, performing against those outputs? Looking at their input in terms of their, their willingness to le- uh, willingness to, to work, their speed and accuracy, um, the quality of their, their their work. Ask them what their strengths and weaknesses are. Um, talk about potential needs for management input and what they feel they could uh, benefit from in terms of training. Yeah, and generally you want to always end these reviews with a set of KPIs. So in six months' time, these are the five or six headline things that we want you to be achieving that we can measure you on in those six months, in that six months time. So um, we're constantly learning this. I'd love to hear from anyone that does kind of reviews regularly, kind of what key things they do for their team to help, you know, improve things, to, to get better feedback, because it's, yeah, you know, it, it's a new process that we're going through. Very good. I would like to point out, talking about that, I love the input-output analysis. If you're, if you're taking on any team members, they're in full control of their input. Um, they're not always in full control of their output because sometimes that takes time and, and, and experience. Um, but it's, it's reviewing both segments and ensuring that the output is improving 
as efficiently and effectively and you're giving them the tools to learn. Um, but if their input is there and you review it multiple times, you have to ask your question, is this the right person for the role? Because your effort should always be 100%, um, but your sort of technical skills and technical abilities does take time to develop. So we don't always expect people to hit the ground running on the output side of things, but everyone should um, in input. Yeah, one, one thing else to touch on. So I've got this from my, my wife because they've just done it in their business. Um, in Aura, we've tasked everyone with doing their own review, basically a self-review. So like a week before their actual review where they come in and talk face-to-face for an hour with, with the management staff, they do their own review. This gives you a really good idea of where they are compared to where you think they are. And then you can easily bridge the gap. If they think they're performing really well and you really don't think they are, you need to understand what you need to target them for and how they can improve or, or where that difference lies in order to kind of close the gap and make those they make those thoughts more aligned. So yeah, giving a self-review option for the for the team, I think is actually a really, really good way of managing their expectations and managing your expectations as well. Very good, very good. Who's this dapper chap I hear you ask? That's me being um, outrageous. Um, so I don't really know what we were going to plan and talk about this, but um, I, had the, I had the privilege to attend Ascot. It's now become a yearly um, affair with the chaps that I went with, which was one other developer, Roman Chopra, and two, uh, well, one investor that works with us already and one potential investor. Um, I think, the, I think the, the main driver for talking about this is investor relations. Like yeah. we, this, this was, this was an investor meeting for Jack. I did get an invite. I couldn't make it, but uh, it's, um, you know, building relationships, like deeper relationships with your investment partners, with your suppliers, with your contractors is just only going to benefit you in the long run. So this may seem like a, you know, a piss up a day out, but actually the bond that you build with your, you know, with your extended network on these types of events is invaluable and yeah, something that is often overlooked. Completely agree. Completely agree. Um, my big horsing racing tip is don't act like you know anything and just try and enjoy yourself because I, I came away with nothing that day, which is annoying because the previous races I went to to Newbury, which was actually with a residential uh, estate agent, I came back significantly up in comparison to what I gambled. Okay, you win some, you lose some. Yeah, good. 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 Run, Forest, run. Oh, have we skipped a few? Or have I just not renamed that one? I'll uh, just read it. That's fine. Cool. Yeah. All good. So last Saturday, um, there were seven of us from Aura XP Surveys and XP Property and Central Suites, and we did an inflatable 5K run. It was actually really, really good fun. Um, very knackering. You think, you know, running a 5K, you know, it, realistically, it's, it's a breeze. Like 5K is not a long distance. But when you throw in 35 inflatable obstacles where each one completely takes it out of you, um, we've got friction burns all over our elbows and knees, but it was great. We all went around together. I would highly recommend anyone getting involved in these types of things for team building. It was a really good laugh. And we have raised at the moment about 700 quid for Blood Cancer UK. We're looking to keep that open until next Friday. Uh, and then we will close it and I will double whatever total is in there from Aura um, because that's one of our key charity partners so really really pushing for more um, donations we'll put the the just giving link below or go onto our instagram and um find some of our previous posts but if you've got any spare change kicking around inside the uh, back of the sofa 
we would we would take anything you can possibly give. It's for a great cause. And again, would highly recommend the inflatable 5K. You could do an inflatable 10K if you really want to. You just go around a few more times, but really good fun. This is just a short message to ask, is your business making the consistent profits you want? Or are you struggling to take your business from five figures to six figures or six figures to seven figure revenues? If this is you and you want one-to-one guidance from award-winning property developers and business owners, check out our consultancy and mentorship packages at xpproperty.co.uk to book in with Ben or Jack today. Let's get on with the episode. Good. Land development, strategic land. Yes, we visited two large sites um, and we were actually asked in our boardroom session today, like, why do we do this? Why do we... Why do we? Why are we on social media? Why do we kind of try to raise our profile that way using like digital platforms? I think in this day and age, you need to, and you build connections like this. You know, this is from someone who you know, has been watching what we've been been up to, um, has got kind of connections in contact, wants to work with us, and can bring opportunities like this to the party. These are two great land developments. Um, they're currently owned in a trust, and they've got great potential. They need to be pulled into the schla. Um, and for anyone that doesn't know what that is, I've written it there, but it's a high-level assessment used to, as a starting point to decide whether sites could be developed for housing, business, or other uses in the local plan or neighborhood plan. So basically, the local council on the fringes of you know villages, towns, will be looking for more land that they can kind of pull into that settlement boundary as designated sites for housing. These two are in particularly good areas um, on the fringe of um, of the local villages, um, and there's every chance that these can get pulled into the Schla if sort of approached in the right way with the local council. So, you know, our partners approached the local council with these pieces of land, submitted various um, drawings and assessments to say this is why it's suitable to be brought in, and this is why it would make a great location for a housing development. And we are hopefully going to be working with with them to kind of see it through and um, and deliver it. It's definitely the long game. These types of things, you know, this might be five to ten year kind of program to start identifying those sites and pulling them into the local plan. But they are really great money spinners if you are playing the long game. This is what a lot of uh, you know big land buyers and big housing developers do. They find opportunities like this on the fringe of fringes of towns and villages make sure that we work closely with the planning authority to pull it into the Schla. And yeah, away you go. I learned a lot on, on, on Monday. I've never really done a lot of sort of forestry work or, or land development sites where there's a lot of clearance of trees required. This is a site where it's already having forestry work undertaken. And that was part of the planned, planned works for this woodlands. They're going to be driving sort of a, a pathway to through these trees where they're taking sort of two rows of trees out. And then what I didn't know is that every like 30, 40 years, they will trim one in five of the rows to allow the other trees more growth potential, you know, more light, more chance to kind of expand and um, sort of trim out the, the sort of density of those trees. So something I've learned this week, which has been great. I'm really excited to see how this one pans out. Still lots to do. But um, two really exciting sites that could develop, you know, 30 to 40 housing units, maybe even more, depending on, you know, how things go. Do you know what Shalar actually stands for? Land assessment. No, is this is the short answer. You're going to tell me? I hope you I've, are. I've, I've got one. It's a joke one, but I'm going to go for it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Something helpless. 
exceptionally long, annoying abbreviation. <laughs> nice. Do you know what it really is? <laughs> no. Uh, okay, we'll find out and uh, get we'll back to that one, I think. Yeah, yeah, nice. Oh, strategic, strategic Housing and Economic Land Availability Assessment. There you go. Did someone write that in the comments? No, I just Googled it. <laughs> um, cool, yeah. So do you have financial clarity on your business? We've been working closely with Josh Keegan of Ultimate FD over the last six months to pull together a really robust financial cash flow forecast um, management accounts um, database spreadsheet to manage our cash within XP property. It's a big business. There's lots of SPVs in amongst you know our group and it's getting very, very un, unruly. So having financial clarity, having management accounts that show you very quickly your month by month performance in the business is crucial. No matter the size of the business, doing this will help your business tenfold in terms of profitability, seeing where the potential cash flow issues are plugging them, you know, as, as quickly as you possibly can, um, instead of burying your head in the sand, thinking that everything's going to be okay, not planning for it, and basically leaving everything to last to the last minute and leaving it too late to actually do anything about it. Um, so we had a really good management uh, accounts meeting this week, which um, we, we do now every month. So it's in our diary. It's a one-hour call with our um, finance managers and bookkeepers. We run through all of our management accounts that they pulled together from the month month before. We look at our P&Ls, we look at our balance sheets, and we look at our cash flow forecast you know, over the next two or three months. Um, if you're not doing in this, this in your business, I would highly recommend doing so. Do get in touch if you want an introduction to Josh. He's done a fantastic um, job of it for us. Um, but what I also wanted to touch on here is what we're now trying to do for small business owners with service-based businesses, property development companies, property investment companies, HMO portfolio builders, all those good things, um, is actually offering business coaching, consulting, and mentoring ourselves. Um, we've been building those five businesses on the screen for the last six years. You know, they're award-winning for the most part. Um, most of them are multi, uh, you know, multi-million pound businesses generating kind of six-figure net profits. And we love doing this for other people. We love sort of sharing what we've done to get those businesses to that point. And it's been actually remarkable how many of you guys have taken us up on this. And it's, I, I feel genuinely like humbled by the people that have reached out and booked in consultations with us. We had somebody literally this morning book in for our biggest package, which is sort of four hours of a morning with Jack and I really getting to grips with their business um, operations um, and setting a strategy for the next 12 months. Don't think we've ever met the guy. He reached out. He's obviously been watching what we've been up to on these types of things or on our social media platforms. And, you know, that's absolutely fantastic and we can't wait to work with him. So if you're interested in that type of thing, comment coaching below. We can send you some information about what we have on offer um, and we would love to work with you. Yeah, I'll also add on to that, that to get our businesses where we are. Um, so Aura has business coaching within it independently. Actually, Surveys has a business coach in it independently. We have a non-exec that overlooks the group who we meet with monthly. I've had mentors and still have mentors already. It was actually Ben and I that got introduced by our mentors. So all of this knowledge and, I suppose, diverse understanding of business and property, investment or structure is sort of being trickled down to, to the people that are, that are engaging with us to, for us to sort of spitball ideas and bring a bit of clarity and, and structure to their, their business goals and their business plans. Ben, I actually had someone at the event at Ealing yesterday uh, who said, I want to do the business coaching, uh, but just not yet. So can I lock in the price today? Because I think it's going to keep going up. And I was like, nice. 
I uh, can't guarantee it. Um, <laughs> there you go. Um, so if you want to lock in your eight, crack on. Yeah, good to hear. I like that. Cool. Point number eight. So yeah, Jack's been having lots of fun over the last year in the developer club and I felt like I was missing out. Uh, so the developer club's launched their second second group, um, which I've now joined. There's uh, six people in the group currently, but every month there will be two or three more people joining us. I know that Shiro um, has got a number of people that are looking to join. Um, I had a really good day Monday. Some of these guys are doing you know, insane things and it's a real real mixed bag. Like there's you know, the, the, the tall guy in the middle is doing ultra prime sort of properties in Jersey. And we're talking like 10 million pound plus properties and has been doing that for a number of years, doing some you know, incredible finishes, some, some fantastic interior designs. Um, another guy who's 24, you know, is doing tens of millions of pounds worth of development up in Liverpool um, with sort of student accommodation and, and, and PRS type schemes. And it's um, full of, you know, amazingly talented people, hungry to learn, hungry to grow, sharing their expertise, knowledge and network with, you know, with everyone else. So, yeah, I actually really, I'm looking forward to being part of that over the next um, couple of years. Very good. 9.98. Cool. This has been a long call. There's a typo. So Aura are recruiting. So if you are an architect, if you are an interior designer, if you are a part one architect, if you're an architectural technologist and you want to work in the residential architecture space, working with private clients and property developers like us, we are actively recruiting we are predominantly looking for a part two stroke, you know, recently qualified part three architect to join the business, preferably with Revit, um, Revit skills. Um, so if you know anyone that fits that bill, um, we're a team of sort of 15 now working in London and the home counties. They're a great bunch. We do some amazingly interesting projects, both for, like I say, private clients, homeowner extensions, loft conversions, new builds. This is a beautiful picture of a 6,000 square foot grade two listed building in Hertfordshire, which is completely being gutted and um, you know, built out from the, the inside out. And these are the types of things we're working on. So if that's of interest or you know anyone that's looking for a new role or even they're not looking for a new role, um, but one might be interested in working for us, do pass on this message. Go onto our website, look at the recruiting page. There's a number of, there's a number of jobs that are available there. Good. Airspace planning, shall I take this one? Yeah. Um, so this was a site we got agreed, I believe it was probably about 16 months ago, on a conditional purchase, con- where we say conditional. The site was marketed uh, by an estate agent with a positive pre-application to sell the airspace, that's the freehold and basically the roof space upwards um, of the building, which the, it had a positive pre-application for three flats on top of the existing building which is nine long leasehold sold off flats. Um, we got it under in contracts so as a conditional contract. We exchanged. Uh, we actually went to full planning to submit planning for three apart, uh, apartments like the Priya, and where unfortunately we hit some backlash with the council. So we now rejig the scheme for a two-unit scheme, and that has been extended. The contract's been extended, and we've resubmitted the new scheme. This is in uh, Crystal Palace in South London. Um, and we're pretty excited to get this one approved. It may be one that we you know, might build out or might not. We're not sure. So if this type of scheme interests you, please do reach out. Um, anything else you want to add, Ben, given that you probably were the one that, that had more of a hand one design? Yeah, so it's a really frustrating one because we felt like the scheme that we presented ticked all of the boxes from the pre-app that was um, already in our hands when we, when we sort of exchanged. 
you know, it's never easy. There's always changing, you know, changing of people in the planning authority with different views. This time round, you know, they sort of went back on a lot of the comments that they made in the pre-app, introduced a whole load of new problems for us to kind of oversee. But fundamentally, I think they just wanted it to be pretty much dumbed down and the massing kind of reduced. So um, you could skip onto the next page just to show kind of where it's where it's got to. We we tried to make best use of the existing building looks awful. It's a 1970s building block. The yellow bricks are horrendous and it looks very, very top heavy with the um, current hung tiles on the top floor. So we're looking to reclad it in more of a traditional sort of London red stock brick using some sort of hit and miss brick detailing where previously it was wooden paneling or white UPVC, which just doesn't look great with a very, very kind of minimalistic zinc profiled roof which is kind of set back on that top level so we've really tried to just strip it back and go for more of a contemporary aesthetic that blends in with some of the local materiality um, the heights are fine like the principle of development is fine um, we've had to do a bit of extra work in the private amenity areas and prove that the existing facilities for bins you know, is adequate for the new two units but they recommended that we go in for a pre-app rather than just throwing this straight back in for a full application. So we'll see what they have to say. It's very, very annoying, but, uh, you know. Yeah, I can guarantee it's probably going to be slow and negative. Um, if yeah. Yes. James says, could you go over the challenges, strict hurdles in the airspace soon, maybe next week? I mean, yeah, I've given you a couple of those, James, but I could go into greater detail next week. Yeah. Very good. Cool. That is us. It's us. Lovely stuff. All right. Well, um, thanks to everyone that's joined. If you do have any comments or questions, do drop them below. We're here every week at five o'clock on a Friday afternoon. So look forward to seeing you next week. Thanks, everyone. Cheers. These live Q&A episodes are all about helping you grow your business and build a property portfolio that provides financial wealth. If you have specific topics that you'd like us to discuss, make sure to comment on the platform you're listening on or email info at xpproperty.co.uk so that we can discuss your topic in future episodes. And if you found these conversations valuable for growing your business, make sure to click that follow button and we'd really love for you to tell just one person about us. Thank you.